the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, family. So before I give my homily, I'd like to give a small disclaimer um, to the parents here today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some uh, adult topics today that I think are very relevant, very important, and very necessary to be talked about today. So if for whatever reason you feel uncomfortable in these topics, feel free to walk out of the church until the homily is over, whatever you feel like you need to do. But I think that this is actually more relatable even to our children than we might think. Today in the gospel, we hear about this woman who is a sinner. And we see this Pharisee who is, you know, representing religion, representing the law, representing morality. And this Pharisee immediately begins to condemn this woman. Now, we know what the gospel is talking about when, he, when it describes this woman. This woman is a woman who is living a very impure lifestyle. She's living promiscuous lifestyle. Now, for my adults here, I don't need to go into detail with that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, on the surface, the Pharisee wants to condemn this woman based off of her behavior. Her behavior says that she is a sinner. What kind of woman is this? He has labeled her as a certain type of woman. He's identified her based off of her broken behavior. He has now identified, he's labeled her, he's given her a new identity, which is not true to her real identity based off of her broken and her impure behavior. So he judges her. He only sees what's on the surface. He is not able to see with the heart and to look at her heart. Jesus today is speaking to the Pharisee and he's saying to, basically, in other words, he's saying to him, okay, but let's look at the heart. Let's look deeper into this woman. What's really going on with this woman? Is it just she does these behaviors so now we can just label her as she's dirty and she's bad? Absolutely not. That's not how Jesus defines this woman. That's not how Jesus looks at this woman. That's not even what he sees when he looks at this woman. And he wants Simon the Pharisee to see into his own heart. Like, how does God look at us as sinners? How does God see me when I'm in my sin? What does God see when I'm in the midst of sin? What does God actually see? How does God look at me when I'm in sin? And that's the purpose of today's gospel. And what he's trying to, to show Simon is... Don't judge her based off of her behavior. What's going on inside of her heart? What has happened in this woman's heart and in her life that has led her to live this type of behavior, to act in this type of way? You and I, we judge people based off of their actions and on the outside. We hear about somebody who maybe have committed adultery 
or a person who's done something impure or bad. And right away, we begin to label this person as, oh, they're no good. Did you hear about so-and-so? And we pick up the phone and we gossip and we trash talk them. But Jesus doesn't do that to us. That's not what Jesus sees when he looks at us. I want to talk about something that is much more common in the community today and in our world today than we even realize. And what I want to talk about today is the impure behavior, the lustful behavior that, that is happening in the world today. It is becoming out of control. And when I talk about lustful behavior, I'm going to talk about, what I'm talking about is looking at impure imagery and vid videos, committing acts of impurity with yourself, and committing acts of impurity with another person. What I want to talk about today is lust. It's getting worse. And the reason why I want to talk about this is not because I want to condemn. It's the opposite. We need to understand this, this cycle and this beast in order for us to fight it. And so the purpose of my homily today, whether you feel like it pertains to you or not, all of us need to understand this because we have children that are growing up, we have teens today, and me, even we ourselves might be struggling with these types of sins. And so we need to understand it instead of just looking at the surface and going, you're bad, this is bad. Yes, we know it's immoral. But in order for us to really actually combat it and fight it, we have to understand it. And so the purpose of my homily, before everybody starts freaking out wanting to throw tomatoes and rocks at me, is to help us understand what's really going on. I want to use this, this woman as, a, as, a, as an example. This woman, she's at a place in her life where she is completely hitting rock bottom because she has fallen into a cycle of behavior that she cannot stop. What we call this is an addictive, compulsive behavior. No matter how many times a person might have told her, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Guess what? This poor woman was so broken, no matter how many times she even told herself, I'm gonna stop doing this, this is the last person I'm gonna be with, she literally couldn't stop herself. All of us, in some way, shape, or form, if we're going to be honest, have a behavior that sometimes, no matter how much we tell ourselves, I'm going to stop this behavior, we cannot stop. Today, I'm focusing a little bit more on the sexual stuff, the impure stuff, because, again, we need awareness about it. This woman is stuck in a cycle of behavior that she cannot stop, but our issue with the world today is that we, again, only focus on the behavior aspect. I want us to go backwards. What do you think possibly could have happened to this woman as she was growing up that would have led her to believe that this was all she was worth? Because people don't commit disordered behavior because they just want to. She didn't do this because she was having fun. She might have looked at it at one point in her life like, you know what, this makes me feel good and I enjoy it, so I'm gonna do it and nobody can tell me otherwise. That's where a lot of young adults are at because they wanna justify the action. 
But really, nobody wants to live that type of disordered behavior. What I'm saying here is that this woman has probably been through things in her life. She's probably been wounded in her life. She's been broken in her life, especially, especially in her childhood. That gave her this false identity, this belief system in her mind that developed, that told her that she was not worthy, that she was not good enough, that she was not desirable, that she was not loved. So guess what? If when you're a child, you're abused, or even impurely abused, or at some point in your life, you had a parent that didn't affirm you, that, that maybe was there but was not emotionally there, did, that didn't tell you you're beautiful, Brati. When dad doesn't look at his daughter and say, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and I love you, and you're acceptable to me. I'm fond of you. I think the world of you. What happens to that girl, no matter how much that dad might give her clothes, or he might give her money, no matter what's going to happen, she's going to go looking for somebody to show her her worth. Guys, this is psychology 101. And we need to go back. Because this is, this is real. This is more real than we realize. We think, oh, that we're just, oh, we're just giving people excuses to go and do their bad behavior. Absolutely not. That's not the case at all. Broken behavior is a sign of a broken identity. How you see yourself. How you view yourself. How you feel about yourself. More than likely, this woman has been through something, maybe abuse, maybe brothers, who did bad things to her, or male figures in her life that made her feel less than good, that the rest of her life, she went to go seek her identity. This lie-based identity. It's a lie that she's not good, that she's not good enough, that she's not desirable, that she's unworthy. Many of us today are walking around in the world today, not realizing that we're living underneath, underneath our behavior, underneath it, is a lie-based mentality. You see yourself as something that you're really not. You feel something about yourself that you're really actually not. It's called wounds. It's called shame. Shame we all have it in some way, shape, or form. Shame says that you, I, am not good because of this behavior or because of this experience. I now am not good. I am now equal to my broken behavior. So if I commit a broken behavior, if I commit a sin, now I begin to think that I am bad because of that sin that I committed or that sin that was done to me. And so then I begin to look at myself in light of that behavior or in light of that traumatic experience. And it's different for every single person, okay? And so you begin to live your life, you begin to identify yourself in this way. And then what happens is you begin to do certain behaviors that you want to try to medicate 
You want to try to numb that lie-based mentality that you have in your head about yourself. I'm not worthy, I'm abandoned, I've been rejected, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'll never make it, I'll never be good enough. All of these lies, they're all there. They're underneath the surface though. You might be thinking, Father, I don't actually believe those things about myself, but you do. You do. Because all of us have grown up in a broken home, in a broken behavior. It doesn't matter how good your parents were. We all have been wounded in one way or another. All of us. And we don't realize how those things in our lifetime, and in our, especially in our childhood, how they molded us to become who we are today. Our behavior, our thoughts, our feelings today are all rooted in something. They all have a root. I am not just a gossiper today because I'm a bad person. I don't look at impure images because I'm an impure person and I'm a bad person. Absolutely not. You believe that you are impure, which is what leads you to go and do impure things. You believe that you are not loved. So you go and seek a false type of intimacy through looking at these imagery or these videos. Does this make sense? Are we understanding what I'm saying here? Because this is really, really important. And this is what actually is sweeping our young people. It's literally, the devil is using this and it is literally entrapping our young people. And they're stuck in addictions. People are stuck in real addictions today. And it's actually way more common than we think. Broken behavior is rooted in broken identity. Impure behavior is rooted in impure identity. How you begin to see and feel in yourself. And so what Jesus wants to do is not tell you, stop looking at that stuff or stop doing that stuff. Just be pure. Just say a rosary and it'll all go away. Just say a prayer and it all goes away. No, no. <laughs> you don't just say prayers and it makes it all go away. The, the compulsive behavior and the compulsive desires don't just go away. They don't just disappear because you said a prayer. That's not how it works. That's how, again, we were raised. Oh, no, she's doing all these bad things. Tell her, just take her to church. Oh, no, he's doing all these bad things. Just, just tell him to pray. It all goes away. It's not how it works. What that person needs is to know the truth about themselves and to experience it. That's what, that's what we need is to know first the truth about myself. So if I have been taught by my mom, you're nothing, you're this, you're that, if all my life that's what I was told, well, guess what? More than likely today you believe that. So guess what? You need to know the truth about yourself. And Jesus will stop at nothing to tell you the truth about yourself. Maybe your mom and your dad or your friends or the people around you trash talked you and made you feel less than, you're, than what you really are, but that's not what Jesus says. That's not who we actually are. What Jesus wants to show you is, no, no, you're worthy. You are beautiful. You are loved. And so it's a process of healing. It's a real process, I will tell you this. 
It's a development of healing and talking and self-discovery. It's not just a matter of stop doing this behavior. It's a matter of first getting at the heart, underneath the surface, what's really going on. On the surface, oh, I just do these things. No, no. What's going on underneath? What is it that's feeding this behavior? What is the lie-based identity that's feeding the behavior? Shame is what gives, what, 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 what feeds compulsivity, which is behavior you cannot stop. So it's not fix the behavior, it's fix the heart, fix the mind. That's what needs healing. And so you might be saying to me, Father, what do we do? First things first, this is, which is why I want to give this homily, is you, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So if you begin to understand why you're doing what you're doing, you've already began healing. You've already began to improve. So the first thing is, is if you have behavior, especially impure behavior that you cannot stop, but really it could be over drinking, it could be using any types of substance, um, it could be uh, 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 anger, lots of different things. That, that's actually, the behavior is actually not the important part, again. What's important is that we look at what's going on that's feeding the behavior. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to figure out, we need to do some self-discovery. We need to sit maybe with a professional or maybe with a priest or maybe we need to pick up a book and I will uh, recommend a book in a minute, okay? I'll actually recommend two books that are very helpful. And we need to figure out why am I doing what I'm doing? What is the, again, what is the shame, lie-based thinking that I believe about myself that's deep, 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 deep underneath the surface that's leading me to do what I'm doing? That means that you have to face your past. That means you, that means you have to face your childhood. That means you have to face things that you maybe not want to face. Traumatic experiences that you didn't even think were traumatic. You have to face it. And you have to get to the bottom you have, to, you have to literally identify what is it that I actually believe and feel about myself today. So we need to do some research. We need help. So two books that will help you do this, maybe on your own if you don't have the money or the means to sit with a professional, is the first book is called Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Groeschel. Winning the War in Your Mind. And you can always rewind this if you ever want to go back and you want to get this book. We have this video on YouTube, so you can always go back and, and listen to these titles. The other one is called Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. Both of these books will go deep into tra trauma or brokenness and woundedness that leads to how and why we get to the brokenness that we are facing and that we're living with today, okay? So first, we need to do some research. Second, we need a group of people that are going to support me, that are going to reassure me of my worth. Safe people, of course. Safe and holy people around me that are going to hold me accountable 
that are going to help me see my true self as God sees me, not as the world sees me. So who do I have in my life right now that's maybe even, they're encouraging this type of behavior. They're the, one, they're the reason why I'm drinking so much to, to numb my pain. Or this person's leading me to do impure behavior. I'm in a relationship that's leading me to do impure behavior that I don't really want to do. Okay, then I need to replace that with holy people. I need to find a group of people. There are 12-step uh, AA groups. There are so many different things out there. The other thing that we need to do, guys, is be practical. Parents, how many of you have a child that has an iPad? Or, or, or like a teen that has an iPad? Please raise your hand if you have a child that has an iPad. Okay. Newsflash. More than likely, they're looking at things that you would be mortified. They are. What? No, not me, not my kid. No, no, it's probably your kid. And do you know what that's going to do to your child as they grow up? You know how that's going to affect them? What that's going to teach them? How they're going to begin again to see themselves? How many of you guys have parental controls on your children's iPads and on their phones? How many of you guys have taken the time to go and to put these blockers to protect your children? Not many. Don't think. Guys, it just takes one click. Pop-ups come up and your kid doesn't know what's going on and they click it and guess what happens? They see something that traumatizes them. Parents, I beg of you, check your children's phones. Set up your phones. Adults, adults, I'm talking to the adults today. If you are looking at, at impure imagery on your phone or on your iPad, you need to block it. That's the first thing that you got to do. You need to be practical. You need to put something on there that is not going to give you like, for example, a person who struggles with alcohol, they're not going to leave alcohol in their house, are they? Does it make sense for an alcoholic to leave alcohol sitting in front of him all day long? Does that make sense? Hello? Okay. Well, guess what? If you're struggling with this type of behavior, you need to block it. You have to. Otherwise, don't tell yourself, oh, this time around I'm going to go to confession, this time around I'm not going to do it. No, no. This cycle has become neurological. It's become psychological now. It's much deeper than we think. So we need to be practical. And above all, we need to bring our hearts to Jesus because only Jesus can heal the brokenness that's in all of our hearts. Only Jesus can show us who we truly are and how much we're worth to him. And once Jesus begins to, you take the time to give Jesus the time, to show you that, then you begin to really truly see yourself in a beautiful way. And when you begin to start seeing yourself in a beautiful way, guess what? You begin to gain self-control. How am I going to be in control of myself if I hate myself, or if I think I'm dirty, or if I think I'm not good enough? How am I ever going to have enough self-control? I'm not. And so only Jesus can reorder our hearts. Only Jesus can rewire our hearts and our minds. But we have to take the time to be with him, to open up our, house, our hearts and be vulnerable with him, 
to open up our hearts and be honest and raw about what's happened in our lives that led us to where we are today, but we need to do it with him because he is the true physician. He is our true healer. And by his wounds, we have been healed. And guys, that's the beautiful thing about all of this is that you have healing. Healing is real. I have seen it in my own life. I have healed from traumatic experiences. And I will say that firsthand that I have been in the cycle and I've come out of the cycle. And I can say that very, very freely because I know how powerful Jesus is. And Jesus wants to give healing to all of our hearts in whatever way, shape, or form we need. But we have to be, give our hearts to him, we have to put the work in, and we have to allow him to heal us. Amen? Amen. Sorry if that was really long, um, but I feel like that was really important. I feel like that was really necessary because it's something that's really, it's close to my heart because I see so many people suffering today. So I pray that you understand where I'm coming from. I pray that you're not upset at what I talked about today, but I think it's absolutely necessary. So please open up your hearts to receive God's word. It is difficult at times, but it's absolutely necessary. Amen.